Hi, I'm Walter Hallam, and you're listening today to the Walter Hallam Ministries Podcast. Get ready to receive a powerful word from God today. Listen to this verse, and then you're going to hear me speaking on this particular topic more than one time. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and God begins to talk about the gifts of the Spirit. The Apostle Paul writes to the charismatic church in Corinth. Corinth was a powerful place. It was a very wealthy place. It was a place of commerce. It had a lot of Gentiles in it, non-Jewish people in the church, of course, uh, there in Corinth. Paul loved that church because it was so powerful. All of the New Testament churches that we have written of and that we know about were what today would be called spirit-filled or charismatic churches. The whole movement came into focus because they believed that the Holy Ghost would come in you and would initially identify that He dwelled in you by giving you another language that you had to speak out. And you begin to speak that out, and when you did, you would receive that power that comes that God talks about, that authority and that ability. So all of the churches, uh, the church at Rome, uh, the church at Ephesus, uh, the church at Corinth, and on and on, they were all powerful Holy Ghost churches. There, there, there just simply were no what today would be called Methodists. There were not Baptists, uh, unless they're Holy Ghost churches. Isn't that interesting? Look at two people and say, that's stunning. That's in your Bible. They were all spirit-filled churches. Everybody say, God bless the Baptist. God bless the Methodist. So we're not mad at anybody. We're just saying, if the Jesus were to come, I don't think he'd move his membership from here personally. Anyway. That's a preacher joke that preachers do with one another. Y'all better lighten up on me. I'll preach till, till the Lord comes. Verse 28. The Apostle Paul writes to the church at Corinth and he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. And he says, And God hath set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, let it sink in, thirdly teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, governments, Diversity of tongues. Are all apostles? Are all prophets? Are all teachers? Uh, are all workers of miracles? Have all the gifts of healing? Does anyone have them all, he's saying? Do all speak and prophesy, speak with other tongues for interpretation? But covet earnestly the best gifts, and yet show I unto you uh, a more powerful, or one translation says, the best way for you. Come on, shout amen to that. So every person has something anointed in their life that is a gift and a calling uh, from God. But you'll notice kind of sandwiched right in here between like apostles and the fivefold ministry that he begins to talk about. And when we talk on the gifts of the Spirit, this one particular verse is a loaded verse. It is a powerful verse, but it literally takes me, and and I say this uh, sincerely, it takes hours to go through that one verse you just read right there. That one verse right there has probably that in Acts uh, chapter uh, 2 and verse uh, 2 and 3 
and maybe verse 28 and a few more, Romans 10, 9 and 10. There's about five verses in the Bible that off of those five verses have created uh, every kind of schism, division, uh, every lane that people run in, spiritually speaking, in the Christian church. This one right here is one of them. As God begins to talk about how he has set giftings and anointings in the church, look what he does. He talks about miracles, then gifts of healings. Everybody shout helps. helps. Come on, shout it out loud. Helps. I promise you that you just found yourself in the body of Christ right there. Every person is called to be a minister of helps. Some people have a gift of helps that work in their life. In the Bible, uh, the, the best definition I can give you for that particular word in study is anything or everything that renders aid and assistance that's done in the name of Jesus. Anything that helps, that renders aid and assistance. Uh, Jesus said, if you just bring a cup of water to a prophet, you'll share in a prophet's reward. If you'll remember Jesus' first miracle, when he turned water into wine, it was the helps ministers that did that. It wasn't the apostles. Jesus turned and he said, fill up those water pots. There were six water pots made out of stone. Uh, he said, fill those water pots up. Fill them up to the, the brim. And they did. The servants did that. And then he said, carry that around. And they just began to carry it around. And at the right time, he said, draw out now. Reach in there and dip some of it out. And when he did, the water, of course, turned into wine. It was a helps minister that did that. It was not the apostle Peter. It wasn't John. It's a no-named person that's doing what they could do to serve. It's amazing in the Bible, uh, even all the way uh, Moses himself was the meekest man, the Bible says. He was a servant. He had a servant's heart. And God would use him powerfully. Uh, the scriptures uh, show uh, like Ruth. Everybody say Ruth. Ruth, uh, she, she was not a Jew. She was a Gentile. And the Bible says when her and Naomi came back from the country that uh, uh, she was in, where she had met uh, Naomi, and they, bring, and they come back after those famine and the deaths and all that. I know you've read the book of Ruth. When they came back, she was in the helps ministry. There was a law in Israel that if someone had a, a, a garden, that if anything was left in that garden some way, whether it was dropped by the reaper or if it was just left or passed over, that if a person was hungry and needed something, they could actually go and get it and not be charged with theft. So the, the hungry and the starving would be fed that way. That's not a bad rule today, is it? As long as they're not breaking and entering. And just being a blessing. And so she comes back, not being a Jewish person and of that particular culture and faith herself. Uh, the scripture says that she begins to serve and she begins to help Naomi, uh, who was her mother-in-law. Of course, her, her husband had died. And uh, both of them, their husbands had died. And so the scripture says, Ruth stayed with Naomi and she gets in what uh, the Bible defines as the ministry of helps. 
And she goes out there and she literally served her way into the field that she was gleaning the droppings from before it was over with. Everybody shout God. God had a plan for her life uh, where he brought the Gentile lineage into uh, the Jewish lineage. That means you and me. So we got into Abraham's seed some way that way because Jesus, our Savior, came out of, according to the book of Matthew, uh, Jesus, of course, came out of that lineage, that line. So uh, that, that bloodline, somebody shout hallelujah. And so, of course, Ruth marries Boaz, and Boaz means the Redeemer. How many of you are glad Jesus is our Redeemer? Give me two amens right there. And that happened because of the ministry of helps. She's out there. She's hungry. Naomi, her mother-in-law, is hungry. I'm sure she learned about the particular law that allowed her to go out. And if there was any droppings left, they were called gleaning, uh, that they, she could go and get that. And she's out there trying to help, and she's going to bring it back and try to feed her mother-in-law, who is now old, the Bible says. And so what you do today, and you'll see all of these types. Isn't it interesting how God, uh, He captured some of the uh, un, un, just unnumberable amount of stories that could have happened, but He picked a few of them and He, and he canonized them for us so we could understand how Christians are supposed to be or what we are not supposed to be. And so he, he gave them for us, not just because they're, they're sweet stories. I love the story of Ruth. Uh, but not just because they're, they're great love stories, but also because they are kingdom stories on how believers should operate and live in the kingdom of God and what they should expect if they're doing their part. Well, everyone can, can help. And the scripture says she goes out and starts gleaning. And one day she's out there just trying to pick up a few extra squash. Maybe she's getting some, some black-eyed peas. We're going to dismiss in a minute. Maybe she's out there. Maybe there's somebody dropped, you know, left some tomatoes out there that she cut up onions in with, with some cucumbers. Put a little of that stuff. I'm going to make you suffer now. And she's out there just picking what she can, just trying to get a little bit. And it was legal for her to do that. That the owner of the field, his name was Boaz. Boaz comes by. And Boaz looks and sees her. Now, listen, guys, I don't at all believe that she had gotten up that morning and put on her best makeup. I don't think she had just come back from the, you know, from the salon. She's out there working. She's out there picking stuff up. Why is it in the scriptures when people are at work? How many times you see the miracle happen where God interrupts what they are doing and gets his plan in there. And you'll see it all through the Bible. Uh, maybe one day I'll do that again and, and just teach that particular thing and see it when we are about the Father's business. Uh, Jesus, of course, was that way. So here she is out doing that. She's got to be sweating that day. Uh, she's got to be dirty. She doesn't have on her, you know, her whatever, Prada shoes and all of that. She doesn't look near as good as you do today. And she's out there, and she's a foreigner. And here comes this guy, probably riding on the stallion, old Boaz. He comes out there, and he just starts looking across that field. And all of a sudden, there, there, there's a lady out there just picking up like one of the beggars, picking up 
uh, the gleaning that's left over. And he says, whoa, whoa. And he asks the guy, one of his guys, he said, who's that woman over there? Have you ever noticed that when you're doing the work of God, you just always look better? Just thought I'd say that. When you're active about the things of God and you're going to live in that life of faith the best you can, it's amazing how you begin to attract into your orbit, into your world, the people that God has that are going to help you elevate to the next level and you're going to be a blessing to someone else. You ought to shout hallelujah right there. That's extremely important. So she's out there doing that. She's picking that up. And Boaz, he's rich. He's wealthy. He owns the field. And the scripture says he sees her and he says, who is that lady there? And they said, that, that's your uh, kin's uh, person, Naomi's daughter-in-law, the one whose husband died. And she came back from, a, uh, from uh, Moab over there. She came back with uh, her when she came back, when, when, your, when your, your cousin came back, she came back with your cousin. He went, really? She's not from here? Uh, y'all, y'all help me. I'll preach this the way I want to. And said, she's not from here? And he's like, no, no, she's a Moabite. She's not one of us. But you know, when God put something in your heart. When his plan, when you're doing the will of God, it's amazing the kind of favor you have in your life. That favor just gets all over you. And the scripture says, Boaz said, I'll tell you what I want you to do. I want you to go over there and just get a whole lot of stuff and leave it out there for her. Not just, you know, just the scraps that are left over off of the vines and, or maybe what fell out of someone's bag as they were picking, uh, you know, the vegetables and what have you. No, you go out there and you leave her a big blessing. You just, you just leave it for her and make sure she sees it. And it's okay to let her know that too. How many of you want a Boaz in your life? Just thought I'd say that. How many of you want a Ruth in your life, huh? And for some reason, there was an attraction that took place because she was in her place doing her part, fulfilling the plan of God. Every person has a call in their life. And so the scripture says that uh, she saw that and she got it real. When, when she saw all that extra food, she's looking around. I don't know who left all this, but oh, hallelujah. Oh, happy day. She come sign. And she gets all of that. And she put it all up in her apron and she gets it and she goes back to the house. And Naomi says, oh my goodness, where'd you get all that food? She said, I don't know, but this guy must be crazy because my hair wasn't fixed. I wasn't wearing my little black tight skirt. I wasn't any of that. I'm out there working. I'm sweating. I'm covered with dirt. And for some reason, he didn't do that with anybody else, but he did it with me. He had them come and give me something. And she said, oh my goodness, you don't understand what that means. Boaz needs a wife. And he could have had a lot of wives. But for some reason, he singled you out. Let's see where God's going to take this. Come on, somebody shout favor. Favor. 
And she said, from now on, if he does that, you just act like you're really blessed and you thank him. Be honorable, uh, the scripture says, but thank him. And so uh, that begins to take place. And finally, he says, look, I want you to tell her, tells his guy, you go tell her. From now on, the guy that was over the field, you tell her, I don't want her coming around here like a beggar. But she is to work with somebody who is like one of the harvesters. And she'll get a bigger portion. And he said, she's a Moabite. Boaz, are you sure? He said, I don't know why I'm doing this. This is my story. I don't know why I'm doing this. But I'm going to do it. Maybe she's out working everyone else. Maybe God's answering Naomi's prayer. Maybe God's answering Boaz's prayer. Maybe God's answering Ruth's prayer. Or maybe she's just, she's experiencing what happens and God is recording it for us when a person is about the, I'll call it the father's business. When they're out working, when they're doing their part, doing their best to be a blessing. And the scripture says, then he took it up another level. He said, tell her from now on, she is not going to eat out there with the beggars. I want her to eat in here around the table with us. Don't you know about that time that Ruth decided I should have brought my compact with me? I guarantee you. I know. Man, she, you know what she's doing. She's like, what? When you're busy about the father's business, doing little things, just little things. Before it was over with, obviously, God just crushed his heart and he was uh, in love with her. He marries her. He buys her. He marries her. He, he redeems her, the Bible says. And that's where, uh, well, I almost got into it. I don't want to get you distracted on it. But there are a lot of customs today in many fraternities in organizations that still do the exchanging of the shoe. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. Do the exchanging of the shoe because they think there is a biblical uh, pattern and that's actually where in Israel that if a person was going to make a pledge that they were going to do something and they said, okay, I'm going to buy it. This is how much I like. Basically, I got to go and get the money, but I'm going to do it. They would take a shoe off and exchange. They would use that shoe as the pledge and that was a legal binding contract. And so Boaz took off his shoe and said, don't let anybody buy her. I'll be back. And then they get married. And you can be sure that she was dressed a whole lot better on her wedding day than she was that day in that field. But the favor of God was on her. And of course, they had a son. And the son had a son. And his name was Obed. Obed had a son. And his name was Jesse. And Jesse had a son. And his name was Shout it out loud. Was David and Jesus is out of the lineage of David, the Bible says in the book of Matthew. All because of the ministry of helps. Not only did she get blessed in the moment, but God used it for his plan. There are things you and I do, just little things, that when we do that as unto the Lord, it may not seem like it's real anointed, but if God uses it, it's anointed. There's a plan for it, and it's not going to put you back. It's going to raise you up. I'm going to tell this, and then we're going to dismiss. Listen to this real quick. Have you ever been around people that just, they, they basically can't stand dirt or paper on the ground or, 
or anything around like that. You know, we try hard to keep up all of the stuff that's on the floor because people come to the church. A lot of people come. And uh, so we try to keep the building uh, up and keep it. it, it but, but, you know, sometimes there, there can be a tic-tac on the floor. I, I, for years, I've called those sheep droppings. You and I are the sheep of God, the Bible says. There'd be tic-tac and there, there'd be maybe a gum paper or something, you know. And those things can become very, very distracting. Follow me right now. Stay with me on this particular thought. Have you ever gone out to a restaurant before? That's a really nice restaurant. And you, you think, oh my goodness, it smells so good in here and the food smells so good. And we've heard that, you know, that all of the food is really good. Their steaks or their fish or whatever it is is really good. And you're just set to have a great, great meal. And you just kind of get that chair and you just kind of slide that chair up a little bit. But when you slid that chair up, you felt something wet and slimy. You felt somebody's gum underneath that chair. Now, I don't know about you, but if I ever touch gum that wasn't my own, it's over. I lost my appetite. I don't care how good that was. It, it, it's just going to taste like bubble gum to me. It doesn't make any difference. Or maybe you go to the restroom and, and the place is all cool outside. You go into the restroom, it's all nasty smelling and, and unclean. I'm like, I'm out of here. Now, I, I, I pay too much money to live in a place where you don't have to live like that. I'm sure not going to eat in a place like that. Look at two people and say, that's very interesting. He's one of those kind. Come on. <laughs> and so, uh, so imagine if you come to the house of God. Let's have that same little scenario. Maybe a person has visited the, uh, the house of God. And it's that person that maybe God has been drawing their heart now for months, weeks, or years. And finally, they just kind of get their nerve up to go to church. Because the devil has worked overtime to keep them out of the house of God. And all of their life, told them all kind of crazy stories, like when you walk in the front door, they're going to frisk you and, and ask you for your social security number and your bank account number, and, and they're going to make you, you know, uh, bite off the head of a frog or something. I don't know what they're going to tell you. You know, you know how the devil will put fake news out all the time. And so, so they come to the house of God, and they come in and sit down. And I'm, and I'm preaching one of those Holy Ghost messages that, that is just almost impossible for anybody. It makes you, I, I want to answer my own altar call, one of those kind. And when I say, all right, if you want to give your life to Jesus, and that person, they're white knuckling it. You know what I'm talking about? They're holding on there. They don't know what to do. They, they don't know what to expect next. Sergio's been playing. All the good things have been happening. And, and, and here they are. And God's just drawing their heart. And then I just say, if you'd like to give your life to Jesus, just raise your hand right now. And they grab that chair like that and they touch some wet gum underneath the rail of that chair. And they don't hear another word I say because maybe that's that person it makes a difference to. And the service leaves and they walk out, get in their car, and they're thinking about gum the rest of the day. I don't care what happened in that service. They're remembering, I got to wash my hands. Did that person have teeth that I, that I was doing that? What was that? I wonder who that was. I wonder what else was in that gum. And it's just bothering them. And then they go out here and they get in a wreck and they go off into eternity. Wouldn't that be horrible? 
But what about that person? Let's play that same scenario just for a second. And, and on Thursday afternoon, you decided, or Saturday, or whenever, that you decided you wanted to come up and volunteer. And you just wanted to help. And you said, well, I'll just go and help vacuum, or I'll pick up stuff off the floor. Or maybe you got a little styrofoam cup and we give you a little spatula of some kind and, and a little putty knife and you just go, if you see any gum, you just, you just knock it off the bottom of that chair. And you don't think anything about it. You're just doing it as unto the Lord. And maybe you stick your head in, in the bathroom and make sure the floor is looking nice and there's no paper all over and, the, and all the stuff is clean. And if not, you tell somebody, uh, you know, on the a custodial team here and, and they help you take care of all of that. But you just want to volunteer. You're doing it as unto the Lord. Or maybe, you're, maybe you just want to help mow or, or, or pick up stuff off the parking lot or whatever the case. So that person comes into the house of God. Same scenario. They sit there. We give the altar call. Their heart is convicted. They grab that chair. There's no gum there. And for some reason, their hand just goes up in the air. And they give their life to Jesus. They walk up here or right where they are, whatever the case, and they give their life to Jesus. And then they drive out of here singing, Oh, happy day. And then God has blessed them so much, they decide to pay the church off. <laughs> oh, Lord, let that happen. Where'd that come from? And God has blessed them. And instead of them going into eternity without the Savior, they've given their life to Jesus because someone volunteered the ministry of helps came and knocked some gum off of that chair or picked up that piece of paper that was going to distract them and keep them away from what the Holy Spirit was doing in their life at that moment because maybe they just had a little obsession about stuff like that. But instead, we just ministered in helps. I believe when, when that person that knocked that piece of gum off, when they get to heaven, I believe they share in the pastor's reward, in the ministry reward. That's a soul that you help bring into uh, the family of God over the ministry of helps. It was the servants who activated by obedience the miracle ministry of the Savior, Jesus himself, by carrying around the water pots. We don't know their name. They weren't looking for fame or acclaim. They were just doing their part serving. David did not kill Goliath from the point of a king he did from the point of a shepherd, a servant. It's so important. There's a miracle oftentimes in just that little cake that you bake and, and just you're in the visitation team and you just want to go visit someone and, or maybe you, you're in uh, the hospital visitation team. There's a miracle in that that maybe only heaven will register what it was. But sometimes you'll know it yourself. You'll see in the, in the days ahead how God has blessed. And you will have activated an anointing that's in the body of Christ and a gifting that's in you. That's right in between the power gifts, healings, miracles, fivefold ministry, and the government gifts. Those that oversee the house. Right in between it, sandwiched in between it. The thing that kind of puts it together is called the ministry of helps. And every person is anointed to do something and do it in the name of Jesus. This is Walter Hallam, and I want to thank you for listening today and just receiving that good word of God that you've gotten off of this podcast. You know, bringing a podcast to you, it's free to you, but it costs to take the gospel of Jesus to the world. 
You can be a partner. You can help support. Uh, Men and women I found are so generous when the Word of God is coming into their life. They want to help take that gospel to someone else. You can text to give today to 832-981-1601. And you can give any support, any amount, and it will be a great blessing. And it will help take the gospel of Jesus uh, to someone else. We'll go the next day and the next day. So text to give today, 832-981-1601. And I want to thank you in advance because without you and with others who support, It would be so difficult for us to get the good news of Jesus Christ into this great generation. Do your part today. Thanks for helping. I love you. I can't wait to see you on the next podcast.